Hello and welcome to Making Connections, our series of podcasts providing both informal and interactive discussions with industry leaders on the IT challenges and opportunities facing organisations today. My name is Nick Lazell, Customer Success Director at Telehouse Europe, and I'll be your host for the show. Today, I'm joined by Sarah. Good morning, Nick. I'm Sarah Draper. I'm the General Counsel for Telehouse Europe and also the Chief Risk Officer for Telehouse Europe. And delighted to be joined by Kenneth. Hi, everybody. I'm Kenneth Chen. I'm the VP of Finance, Strategy, Operations and Risk at Spotify. In previous podcasts in this series, we've discussed the challenges that businesses face due to increasing data volumes, which are now at unprecedented levels. Today, we'll be discussing the common themes around risk management strategies. This will include the challenges and opportunities from the evolution of physical and cyber risks and how regulations are failing to keep pace. Additionally, we'll explore why organizations need to maintain a balance between risk management and frictionless customer experiences. Businesses hold significant amounts of data. As a streaming service, Spotify is a great example of a data-heavy business. And as a data center and a connectivity business, Telehouse is all about keeping data safe and connecting data together. Recently, we've all experienced political and economic instability, pandemic, the change in the way that we work. This has led to a huge increase in the amount of data that's either processed or, or stored or moved. And this means increased risks for business from data breaches or ransomware attacks, for example. Physical security enabled by technology means that risk must be managed across the business and every stakeholder needs to come together to help mitigate these risks. And turning to you, Sarah, what does the evolution of these business risks mean to the way that risk leaders like yourself need to demonstrate effective risk management? I think we need to be more reactive. We've got to be able to pivot more quickly, be more agile. It's important really now, more than ever, I think, that we really understand our business. We get under the skin of what it's doing, what the stakeholders require. And increasingly, we're needing to be able to bring together disparate functions within our business and really understand the interrelationships between those different functions. So whether it be physical security and technology, or even our financial functions and our technology functions. They each have risks that interrelate these days. And I think within the risk function, one of the things I'm often saying to my team is that being curious and asking questions is a good thing. Really understanding and being able to identify where those risks really hit the business is increasingly important. And the risks that we had to manage last year even may well be different to the ones that we're managing now in live time. So I think, you know, my view is sort of the more traditional ways of doing risk management or handling risk management in the verticals within the business, perhaps addressing risks per department, they are no longer where we need to be. And increasingly that sort of cross-divisional lens and the ability to join up the dots between different parts of the business is really, really important. I think you noted a bit about regulations and their sort of failure to keep up. And I think that's a very interesting point. And you know, historically, perhaps we could have relied on the regulations to keep us safe and abiding by them. But increasingly, certainly what I'm observing is regulations are falling behind. I think in the technology space in particular, the sort of disruptions across the technology market, the new products and developments that are happening are happening so quickly that the regulations are scrabbling to keep up. And on top of that, of course, we're seeing, you know, increasing uses of, of new technologies within organizations and industry. So things like the IoT devices, People working from home, of course, creates new risks. So 
the environment we're working within is just changing all the time. And one of the things that we find ourselves grappling with is how we can keep ourselves relevant and keep ourselves up to date with what's going on and what the business needs to handle. So yes, much more dynamic now, I think, than, than perhaps ever before. Couldn't agree more. I, I think the, the challenge with technology these days is it's prevalent in every part of our business. It's not just the IT department sitting in one part of the office dealing with technology. Technology is used by all of our employees. And as such, the exposure and the attack vectors uh, are ever-present in everything we do. And therefore, the understanding and the appreciation for how these risks can transpire is something that every employee needs to understand. And so to Sarah's point around regulation and governments uh, not catching up and keeping up, I think that's going to be ever a challenge for us because companies are innovating faster than ever before and they're trying to bring products and services to market way faster just to get it out in front of people to maintain that competitive advantage. And that means they're going to be testing things and pushing the envelope on all areas. And companies themselves need to be able to handle these new risks that are being uncovered because the government's not going to do it for them. Is there a scenario where risk or the management of risk may kind of lead or, or be in front of these technology innovations? Or is it always going to be a kind of a catch up? I think it's the innovation that leads. Certainly in my view anyway, it's the businesses and the innovations and the research and development teams that lead. I think we then need to understand very quickly and be agile in our approach. We can't be rigid in the way that we respond. And I think helping the business navigate what that looks like and really understand what those risks might be is where we can add value as teams. That's my view anyway. I would ensure that teams are in the different risk functions, whether you're in internal audit or risk advisory as at Spotify, or you're in some other risk management functions such as data privacy or legal. I think there is so much that has to do with how engaged you are with what the business is trying to launch, how much of a part of that conversation you are versus waiting for them to launch something and then doing some sort of analysis as to what the risks are. By then, it's far too late. You are behind the eight ball. You don't have time to catch up and understand because guess what? The teams are already ready to launch something else. So being a real-time support to those business functions and, and product teams is incredibly important and a definitely critical success factor for us here at Spotify. I agree. I think it goes back to that being curious, you know, asking the questions. So if you're at the right table, which is, of course, one of the first challenges, then it's about really getting under the skin of what these products are, what actually is being developed, what actually is it going to do? What do we need to know in order to be able to assess the risk and help the business navigate, whether there be legal challenges, whether there be sort of risk challenges in terms of the consequences of what it is. So I think that being curious is increasingly important and also the skill sets that are needed are increasingly changing and being much more diverse than perhaps historically they had been in risk functions. So the cooperation and the collaboration across risk and technology is, seems to be absolutely key. I think technology understanding risk, risk understanding technology, there's got to be a combination of those factors to really keep abreast of everything that's moving so quickly and also some wholesale type changes that happen within technology or how technology reacts to the market. It's clear that risk must be a consideration, that technology must be a consideration for risk. Absolutely. And that trust, that building of trust between risk functions and business functions is absolutely critical to enable that conversation to happen. So do we feel then, Sarah, that this may impede the customer experience or how can we manage the risk in terms of the innovation in technology and still give our customers the experience they expect? They're the consumers of this fast innovation. 
So that's a really interesting question, isn't it? And I think that comes back to understanding your your stakeholders, understanding what your customers want, you know, the so-called frictionless uh, customer experience and whether or not our customers actually want that. And if they do, what does that look like for your specific industry or our specific industry? And again, I think that comes back to understanding and really getting under the skin of your industry. So an example I sort of think about when I think about risk management and the degree of frictionless kind of content that you might want or experience that you might want. I come back to my banking. I want it to be easy to get hold of my online banking details and, and move my money around. But I also want to make sure that my money is safe. So as a user of that product, I am happy, I suppose, or comfortable if I see that it's not actually frictionless, that there are actually things I have to go through, protocols or processes or two-factor authentication or whatever it happens to be to get at my money because it gives me some surety that threat vectors out there can't. But that might not be the same when I'm trying to download perhaps my favourite films off of a streaming service or you know listen to my favourite song on a music platform. I don't necessarily want to have to go through multiple layers of security in that example. So I think it really does depend on the industry you're in and goes back to really understanding what your customers want. And I suppose if we take that back to telehealth and data centers and, and what we have in terms of security protocols, you know, our customers expect to demand that our security processes and protocols are tight. And as such, they sort of want to see it and feel it. And I think in that scenario, they don't want a frictionless experience. They want an easy experience. They want to be able to get onto site and see their equipment and deal with it as necessary. But they don't necessarily want it to be hidden or out of sight because they actually want the visual assurance, if you like, that their equipment is as safe as it can be. That is really the challenge, isn't it, Sarah, where you're trying to understand the risk appetite of both your internal stakeholders and your external customers and figuring out how to then create a business that then also complies with regulation. If you think about broader rules such as GDPR, they don't prescribe how a company should be adopting the data privacy uh, practices. You need to figure that out based on your business and you, the risk assessment that your teams do to figure out what that risk appetite is. is just as critical a part of the business as is launching the service itself. You have a mismatch between the friction and the service itself, then uh, your customers are going to depart. I mean, a good example is you want to feel safe in a hotel room, but that doesn't mean you want to have a security guard posted in every room. And it's really finding out that good balance between what does the law say? What does good practice say? How does your business operate? And what do your customers expect? And so technology organizations are good at A-B testing for that very reason. They need to figure out what is that right balance for the customer, but at the same time complying with any expectations those customers or regulators might have. I think one of the things we need to think about with the customer experience is that you need to understand the full demographic of who your customers are as you're thinking about how to apply risk management to your products and solutions. As an example, at Spotify, a lot of people think that we're just a premium business, but the reality is we also have a ad-supported free tier, which is actually a larger user group than our premium business. So as employees and as teams developing these products, it's critical that you understand what these free users are experiencing in their journey on the Spotify platform. If you're only looking at it from the lens of the premium user, you are going to miss things, miss friction points, miss challenges that these free users have. And so to have that holistic view of your customer journey, regardless of which kind of customer they are, is really important as you're thinking about your risk solutions because they need to fit all your customers. We also have 
advertising customers. We also have artists as customers. And the solutions that we design for those demographics also have to take into account what they're expecting. So having that understanding and appreciation of the diversity of the Spotify product and service, as an example, is critical to being a successful risk professional. And I guess there's not a one-size-fits-all kind of formula. It really is digging into the detail of that customer experience. And while innovation, pace and speed of innovation is accelerating so quickly, the customer or the consumer of any service is looking to balance that experience. Sarah, with your example of online banking or any access to any kind of technology, I guess, often dependent on speed, but it needs to be managed. The customer needs to feel that when the friction's there, that's for a reason. They need to build the layers back to really dive deeply into a lot of the elements of security that maybe underpin their business or their infrastructure or their environment, but uh, making sure that user experience is what's expected from the application or the service is also pretty key. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I do think it is a balancing act and an increasingly complex balancing act as well. Thanks. And Kenneth, we consider how risk may be managed today and how the balance between risk and, and innovation and the customer experience is balanced or is handled. But do you think risk management is going to change significantly in the future? I don't think it's going to change significantly. I think it's much more of a constant evolution to meet current business demands. And the point that Sarah brought up at the very beginning around how risk functions need to operate across the organization, not just in their silos, is probably the most significant change I've seen in recent years, where risk functions need to hold hands across the organization to support the business. It's no longer a, hey, I'm going to launch this product. Let's find out what i got to do for data privacy. It's, I need to launch this product. What are the different risk functions that are going to be interested in this launch and how are they going to support me? And how do we find one solution that then fits all their needs? That conversation is far more useful now than to have each independent function decide on what's necessary. Because then you start having this hodgepodge of requirements and controls that make the customer experience terrible. It's also remaining agile. I think uh, organizations these days are encountering risks at speeds never seen before. And if you need all the functions kind of do their homework and assess that risk one by one, you're going to be waiting six months before you have a good response to that risk. So these teams need to really figure out what kind of interface they have with each other, these risk management teams that are existing in your business, and then how they go to market, so to speak, with the product teams, with the service teams, so that they can present a uniform and practical approach to solving that equation. For us at Spotify, I think a lot of the challenges that we're experiencing with data privacy or the customer experience or how do we protect the accounts so that hackers can't get into it, they're not a solution that just one team can solve. It's a problem that all teams have to work together on. And the joint nature of these risks across the company mean that we have to do our homework together with all these other functions, these risk management functions, so that we can bring one solution to the table that makes sense for both our customers and our internal stakeholders to implement. Sarah, is that how you see, from a telehealth perspective, how you see risk management evolving or changing in the future? Are there any other significant things that you see coming down the line? I tend to agree with what Kenneth is saying. It's very much a cross-team issue now. Risk can't be looked at in a silo. I suppose if we take it into our world, one of the, the key areas for us, I think I've already mentioned, is security. Physical security, people on the door, perimeter fencing, etc. Traditionally, that didn't involve other functions, perhaps. But increasingly, of course, it's technology enabled. So, you know, your CCTV, your biometrics, whatever it happens to be, that is a cross-divisional challenge now that we have to help our teams work together, pull together and sort of join up the disparate functions so that they're working 
with one aim across the departments. And I think increasingly risk is about bringing those functions together. It's about joining the dots and helping the business to identify where there are cross-divisional challenges that, that need to be addressed. And also bringing together the sort of cooperative and collaborative nature of our business and, and making sure it's focused on the right things. I think we've seen almost unprecedented levels of change in the last few years, you know, whether it be COVID, the economic instability that's that's hitting us and our customers, the political instability, certainly in the UK that we've seen with various um, prime ministers coming in and out of post. And, you know, all of that has impacts on the risk profiles of, of businesses. And part of what we need to do is make sure that we are aware that we've asked the right questions, that we're tracking those emerging challenges, you know, whether it be industry changes or, or otherwise. We've seen some interesting um dynamics play out recently with what's happening with Twitter and what's happening with Disney. And, you know, all of that kind of disruption, if you like, in the market presents risks for us as a business, whether it be because the physical threat vectors have changed, whether it be because your cyber threat vectors have increased. I think increasingly the risk teams being able to bring that information, that emerging information into the business so that the teams that are responsible for, whether it be your technology or your physical security or otherwise, if they're aware of risks, if they understand what's going on, then of course they can pivot and be able to address them. And, and increasingly, I think the role of the risk teams is to take that, I suppose, much more live time data into the business so that we can help navigate the response to whatever the, the challenge of the day is. And I don't think we've ever seen such dramatic changes and such high speed changes as we're seeing at the moment. And as a result, I think the risk teams very much need to be embedded into the business and bringing those sort of disparate verticals together into a, a much more collaborative space to address them. One thing I want to add, you know, obviously we're all people, we work in a company and we like to work with each other, hopefully, and collaborate with each other. And so teams will naturally gravitate towards those teams where they've had really positive experiences in the past. And so they might come to my teams and ask about a certain risk that maybe we're not the most well-read upon and expect us to help solve that problem for them. And it's my expectation of my team to not push them away and say, hey, that's not my area. You need to go talk to X, Y, and Z team. I would expect my team to act as a risk ambassador on behalf of all these other risk management functions and make sure that that introduction is made, make sure there's a follow-up, make sure there's a consistent experience for that internal stakeholder so they know that we're all watching out for their best interest. I think in years past, you might have had a team, you might go to them with a question and say, oh, sorry, I only work with physical security. I can't help you with that. Or nope, sorry, I only work with legal questions. I can't help you with that. The reality is that might be true. You might not be trained in that area, but you definitely need help the business understand who they can talk to because risk is a interconnected problem for every company to solve. And it's incumbent on us as risk professionals to see those connections and help those teams navigate even the internal hierarchy to figure out who they should go to for the most uh, effective support. So Sarah, from your perspective, do we see risk management as an overhead of the business or a function that maybe gets in the way or is there another way of looking at this? I would always say there's absolutely another way of looking at it. Risk is obviously a conversation that's uncomfortable. So I like to preface it with what are the opportunities that can come out of this? We all know that there are rules and regulations, that there are considerations that are things that have to result in controls being put into place. But that's not really what our business leaders want to hear. That's a sort of necessary byproduct, perhaps. What they want to hear is what the opportunities are. And I think increasingly having risk functions that really do understand, as we've said, the business, our stakeholders, that wider community and what is driving people 
they can help inform the conversation about opportunities. And I think a really good example of that is perhaps what we're seeing in the ESG and sustainability space at the moment. So the absolutely, you know, significant risks and to be a good corporate citizen, there are things that you need to be doing in terms of whether it be disclosures from a legal and regulatory point of view, or whether it be operational changes from a climate change point of view. But there are some great opportunities here, you know, in the social space, in the governance space, in the communities as good corporate citizens in terms of our climate change response. And so I think turning the risk conversation on its head to try and bring people's focus to not just the controls, but the flip side, the consequence, the opportunity that comes out of it is a really powerful conversation that you can have around the boardroom table. And it gives opportunities that gives our business leaders and people within the business in the operational functions a voice to say, well, hang on, this product, yes, okay, we need these controls, but what about this opportunity or this thing that we can do to make it better for our customers? And I think that's the powerful conversation that risk teams can help bring across the business. Taking that down a notch to a slightly more tactical level, risk teams have likely seen these kind of problems show up elsewhere in a different context and can bring solutions to the table very quickly for some of these teams that are working with these challenges for the very first time. I think that is definitely a skill set that we need to exercise more and demonstrate more that we've seen this before and we can bring solutions that we know work effectively that have been passed the test of time and are good for the team to implement because it works at this company because it's something that we've done historically. Those teams that own those problems or the products may not be well-versed in those other solutions that they've seen or that exist in the organization. And risk teams have a responsibility then to kind of bring forth those ideas and help them see the light of day. Another thing I think is critically important for these risk teams in terms of opportunities is to really drive the conversations that need to be had. I think Many of these functions are so focused on their product or their service and their customer base, they may not even know that this is a risk that they should be owning. And so sometimes the risk teams in the constant conversation, constant communication with these organizations will help them understand that, oh, this is actually a risk that you need to own on a day-to-day -day basis. It's an integral part of your business. And the risk functions can take on that interim role to help the business understand the importance of that risk and why it's so important to handle it. And over time, transfer that ownership to the teams that really need to be running it on a day-to-day -day basis. I think increasingly what we're seeing is risk teams becoming much closer to being part of the business. Obviously, keeping that segregation of roles, but really working hand-in-hand -hand with the business to solution some of these changes that are needed, some of these controls that are needed. And certainly from my side, what, what I'm seeing is a move from risk teams being kind of in a silo sat, you know, in a room on their own, virtually often to actually being part of the business and, and working much more collaboratively with teams. And I guess if the risk management function is able to support the innovation, that's a very happy marriage. Absolutely. There's nothing that makes a risk team more excited than to understand how much of a part they were in the innovation journey of a company, that they're part of that journey, not just a overhead as you let in with in terms of sitting in the background, back office somewhere in the basement somewhere dealing with the stuff that no one wants to deal with. No, they're an integral part of that product launch. And I think that's a critical story that we should be telling more people so they understand the importance of risk management and how effective it can be if done right. So in conclusion, what are the key considerations organizations need to be thinking about right now, Kenneth? 
One area is ensuring that your talent that you're bringing in to support these risk functions are the right kind of talent. And despite the industry upheaval right now with layoffs all over the tech industry right now, trying to cost savings and whatnot, the fight for talent and the right kind of talent is still quite fierce especially amongst risk professionals and those with risk management training. To be successful as a risk professional, you need to be fundamentally interested in the business model of the company you're joining. If you're an expert in your space, but don't have any interest in what the company is doing, you won't be effective because you won't know how to engage in conversation with your stakeholders in a way that makes it relevant for them. You might be really well-versed in what kind of regulations they need to comply with and why it's important to comply. But demonstrating that passion for the business and showing why it matters to them in their product or service journey, why it matters to their end user, I think is a critical skill set that you need to bring to the table. And it's a characteristic that is incredibly hard to find in the talent marketplace. I look for those kind of people when I'm talking to them. I want to understand why they're passionate about our company. I want to understand what kind of opportunities they see when they join us. It's a lot easier for me to train them on risk topics than it is for me to convince them to be interested in our company. And so finding people who are just naturally passionate about our business makes for a much better risk professional in the long run. I couldn't agree more. I think the talent market is tough. I think getting the right people is tougher. And that whole being interested, being curious, wanting to ask the questions, you can't teach that. You know, I can teach somebody about GDPR or regulations, but teaching inquisitiveness is impossible. And if somebody's not passionate about the business, they're not going to ask the questions and they're not going to be able to join up those dots because they're not going to be interested in doing so. And that's the art, I think, of being a really good risk professional. The regulation side of it, the legal side of it, almost the audit side of it, that can be taught. That is a skill that can be learned. But the inquisitiveness and the interest and the passion Absolutely. Unless they bring it to the table on day one, you, you can't force somebody to be interested in an industry. And a good risk professional can bring that passion into the conversation so that when they're having the difficult conversations with stakeholders around controls that perhaps are needed, that maybe is going to impede launch or maybe delay things by a day or two, they're interested because they've heard the story being told. They've heard the passion behind the story from the risk professional that's bringing it to the table. And that is really important. And I think equally, we talk about stakeholder management, but for me, it's building trust. It's actually becoming part of the business and having those relationships across the business so that you're able to bring people to the table, that you're able to bring people together to collaborate on whatever the challenge of the day is. And that's an art that you need to bring on day one. That talent quest is always important and increasingly so in the volatility of the markets that we're operating in today. Thanks, Sarah. So to recap, I think today we've had some great discussions on risk management, the evolution of risk management, the evolution of technology, how innovation in technology really needs to work hand in hand with the risk management function and vice versa. I've also talked about some of the challenges in the future, what we can do to work together collaboratively to make sure that all areas of our business understand risk. And I think one of the key takeaways that I have is that collaboration is key working across the business, working across the function, understanding the customer, and also understanding that the customer experience is dependent really on maybe the product or the service that they're consuming or a product or service that a business is offering. So great. Thanks so much, Sarah and Kenneth, for joining me today. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Making Connections podcast, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode soon.